Welcome to Behind the Job Title Podcast. Ever wanted to know what makes someone at work tick? Why does someone desire to be the best at what they do? Or how does a colleague spend time away from the office or wherever their place of work is? I, Damien Swaby, invite industry professionals to discuss and celebrate their careers, lives and future. All of this and more on Behind the Job Title Podcast. Today on the podcast, I speak to Emily Greising. She is the co-owner and chief strategy officer at Bossable, a branding, marketing and business development consultancy that serves startups, established businesses and professionals. Emily crafts custom strategies that grow clients' reputations in a crowded and competitive market with a particular aptitude for reaching millennials and Gen Zs. Previously, Emily worked in market research at several agencies where she consulted Fortune 500 companies and large non-profit organizations on how to solve business challenges and expand their offerings. Throughout her career, she has worked with clients in a wide range of industries, including arts and entertainment, consumer products, consulting, education, healthcare, legal services, marketing and branding, media and technology, real estate and science, and engineering, among others. Emily can be reached at emily at or it's possible on social media. I hope you enjoy getting to know Emily as much as I did. I'm so glad you're, you're doing this podcast topic because this is actually an exercise that I did with a client of mine, or I guess I should say she sort of did it to me where she sort of has a similar exercise where she's like, you know, what are you about? Like, not just, you know, what's your jobs and what's your history, but like, what drives you, you know, what? think back to like your upbringing and she kind of had all these prompts for me. Um, and I just kind of wrote them all down probably within the past six months. So like, it's so timely that you're doing this because I was like, oh, how, how have I never written this down before? Um, Cause it's so much more interesting to tell people about your backstory, I think, than just simply what you do on a day-to-day basis. It gives a lot more color. So with that, um, how do I start? So I'm an only child. And I am the only child. Yes, I am. And I, even though they're very, much more common now, we're less common when I was growing up. And I am the only child of two lawyers. <laughs> so that is quite an interesting combination. It is. And I know you have worked with some lawyers, so you probably yeah. have some idea. Um, so very strong personalities, obviously very good at creating good arguments and getting their points across. <laughs> um, and they're both litigators nonetheless. So in court, um, you know, not the people behind the scenes. So I definitely had to learn how to hold my own from a very young age. And I also come from two parents who, um, you know, had very strong ethics and morals and things that they wanted to fight for and advocate for. Um, and that can be very challenging in in any industry you're in. Um, but you know, debates about, you know, how things work and what isn't fair and 
whose voices are heard and who's Lauren and a lot of conversations like that were had in my at my kitchen table around me from a, as early as I can remember. So I guess one, I really learned to develop my own unique voice and perspective and to, you know, speak my truth and what how I felt about things. Um, and that definitely transferred into my work. Um, so, you know, yada, 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 that's me as a little kid. Um, and my mother is an entrepreneur. She started her own law firm 12 years ago. So I was still in school at, at university at the time, sort of watching her build a business. Um, and it was both very stressful to watch, but I was also the person who was sort of a pivotal influence in her doing so. Um, we had a conversation because she was pretty unhappy in her role and many of her roles for various factors that I can or cannot get into if you want. Um, but, um, and she's having a conversation with me kind of mulling over whether she should take a new position at another law firm, sort of similar to one she had been in kind of continuing the same pattern. And she's kind of like resisting it. Does she really want to do it? And I'm like, well, mom, why don't you create your own firm and kind of set your own rules for yourself? And she's like, no, I, I like, no way. Like, I don't have, how am I going to get clients? Like, how am I going to do that? It's too much. And I was like, you already have clients. What do you mean? Like, you've already been developing business for, you know, 20, 25 years. Like, why couldn't you do it on your own? She keeps pushing me and pushing back. Like, I can't, no, that's not a possibility. And I said to her something along the lines of, you know, well, if you're too afraid to do things that scare you, how can you ever expect me to? And that was Love something, that. and I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly. No, what you know, my, that's exactly what was said. <laughs> you can be honest. I love that. It was something pretty direct. <laughs> and she says it all the time. She tells people this story and that that was like a real pivotal moment. So she launches this business herself and has, you know, been growing it obviously for 12 years and ups and downs of that. And, um, you know, watching her do it really kind of gave me the, the courage to take a risk and, and start something myself too. So um, that I feel like I am going on tangents here, but that's my Not journey to entrepreneurship. And that's also my journey to caring a lot about um, women, diverse professionals, you know, underrepresented voices and making sure that they have a proper representation in our world, um, no matter what that industry or background may be. And clearly we have major issues with that across every industry, every country, you know, from, from government to entertainment to the law to everything in between. And I really wanted to take my experience um, in marketing, but also I was a psychology major. So I have a very strong interest in psychology and how people operate. Um, and doing that and applying it to marketing people and marketing businesses, especially when they're doing something for good. So when you're a young girl in the kitchen or around the dining table, you have a mom, you have a dad who's a lawyer. Yes. What are the type of things that they're arguing and debating about that you remember <laughs> that influenced you? Oh, my God. Well, I mean... 
I guess this is, you know, it's definitely a theme in my life is women facing adversity and overcoming adversity and not just women, but I guess, cause I am one and having such a close relationship with my mom and something that my dad has always said to me again, cause I'm an only child. So he didn't have any other children to compare. And I was a girl as he was like seeing what it was like for your mother in the workplace and then seeing it, what it was like for you as a child and just how the world perceives you and makes assumptions about you simply based on nothing else. But that really was like, so eye opening. Like he's like, I never would have believed some of the things that I've heard without actually seeing them occur with you two. So there were a lot, a lot, a lot of conversations about discrimination, about bias, about both conscious and unconscious, you know, putting people down, not giving people a fair shake. I also am from Philly, which is a very diverse city and a fairly progressive one in certain politically, at least. Um, So that was also in the discourse in our community and at different points, both of my parents worked in city government. So they also not only cared about it, obviously on a personal individual level for our family and the impact that, you know, all of those things had on her career and, you know, me growing up as a young girl, but also how does this impact our community on a much larger scale and at every level? Um, So they really had a window into how a a major U.S. city was operating and what was working in and what wasn't. So the debates and arguments sound like they were kind of on a social, political level rather than a kind of personal level. Am I right by saying that? (laughs) Oh, no, there was definitely that, too. (laughs) Let's not get it twisted there. We have three very, very strong personalities. However, interestingly, all three of us are introverts. Really? Pretty strong. So, yeah. So my dad is also an only child. So God bless my mom, honestly. Um, <laughs> so that's two only children, you know, strong opinions. But sort of the balancing act of that is we are all very independent and um, and very introverted, you know, so we can turn it on. You know, again, they're in court. They had to turn it on like that's yeah. their job. Right or in, you know, work situations, or, you know, me having to present in school or whatnot, or play or whatever it happens to be. But, you know, at home was a place that you could recharge, and could, you know, have the space and time to reflect and think. But yeah, no, we, we had a boisterous table. (laughs) For having such a small family, it was definitely a very boisterous table. So typically, what would Thanksgiving be like for you around the dinner table with mom and dad? So that's really interesting. So um, as I said, very small family, three of us, and then my father's an only child. So, um, and I, and his uh, parents were gone from me at a very young age. So really it was only my grandparents and then my uncle on my mother's side. So again, super small, like family, that's really only three others. So we got max like six people. Um, and my grandfather is a Holocaust survivor. So, um, he's now passed, but, you know, growing up, he was, when he was with us on holidays, actually both of my grandparents are immigrants from Eastern Europe. So they also had a lot, (laughs) they also had pretty spicy personalities, but, and, you know, from a lot of speaking of the theme, persecution, you know, prejudice, 
there's a theme here in this family. There's no doubt of, you know, it's very real. It's very tangible when, you know, your parents have your grandparents. And in my case, my mom's parents actually, you know, experienced it and had to flee. So um, that was, I think that's also hence why um, she did become a lawyer. My grandfather, he had very broken English, very thick accent, but he always used to call her the judge <laughs> from like an infancy. So, you know, there's, there's definitely patterns here that I even started to notice like, oh, okay, there's a reason why these topics keep coming up in my life. Um, not just my personal life, but why I care about them and why I advocate for them. So, so yeah, what would your grandparents, considering that they weren't American, they're, they've come to the country you were born in, and they're very opinionated, and I can understand why. It, what were they opinionated about, and how would your father and your mother react to their opinions, and, and what were those situations like? Um, hmm. Well, this is going to be like a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in therapy for all of these things, but... Um, you know, it's interesting. My, my grandparents did not talk. They were, they watched, were very involved in the new, like they watched the news constantly read constantly. So avid readers of the newspaper were always watching the news and knew like who the candidates were, who was running. And oh, also my uncle's an attorney too. I forgot to mention that. So I was just surrounded. It's just too much. Hence why I'm not one. I, I had my fix of that, but, um, and he's um he's a defense attorney um a public defender so people who don't have representation that's on him. represented yeah so you can clearly see there's this yeah. reverberated through a lot of the family um but my grandparents were actually didn't talk a lot about this is pretty common I hear at least even you know people who've been through war or any sort of very traumatic experience um it's not very common for them to talk about that. Um, and so actually it wasn't until I was in high school where I had to do, I took a class on world war II in high school, sure as many of us do. And I decided to interview my grandfather for that. And Excellent. that's when I had kind of got to hear some, and I, in fact, I need to find that report somewhere. I have it and like reread it because I remember just being like, whoa, I had, I mean, I, it, it was just even the tip of the iceberg, but point is it didn't come up a lot at all um the history and what he had been through and all of that like none of that really came out until high school when I really started like probing a little bit more did you find anything interesting oh so much so um actually his brother um and his father came over to the U.S. first so they came I think even before the war started or early but he stayed with his mother because she was ill so she wasn't able to, I guess, get the visa or the papers or whatever. Things started accelerating. He was in a, he ended up being um, in a, a Russian work camp. Um, but after that, um, and I don't remember the exact, like how that was resolved, but um, they, he couldn't go to the U.S. because she was still in weak condition and sick. So, you know, they had certain criteria of who could come. I'm sure it was the same in the U.K. Um and so actually they were sent to Argentina. So um, he and my grandmother, um, who again are like Eastern European Jews, ended up in Argentina and were spending some time there before they were able to come 
to the U.S. So my mom has always said like, oh, could I have said, you know, I'm South American? Like, should I, you know, is that part of my history and culture? And like, I guess in a way, like he does speak um, some Spanish. So, or he did. So that sort of was an interesting unexpected twist and I guess when you see you know immigration when you travel and you're like how did this group end up here like as we know like immigration patterns can take people in very unexpected places and of course they ended up in Brooklyn the capital of Jews (laughs) (laughs) that's a a good one I I like that so considering (laughs) your family history and your background and everything why are you an introvert because that's a word I would never ever thought about using of you anytime i've spoken to you i would never have said that i get that all the time um and it's funny because as a kid i think more people would have said would have it would have made sense um i but i think it's sort and i teach this all the time with my clients or even just anyone that wants to know about like networking or building anything you know or want a new job or starting a side hustle it doesn't really matter is like this is a muscle that you can flex and learn and strengthen. So when I started networking, like pretty fresh out of college, um, cause I was just trying to figure out like what the hell I wanted to do and what I wanted, like that I would care about and that I could make a decent living doing. Yeah, yeah. Those are two very different things. Unfortunately, oh, yes. sometimes, um, is I just started going to stuff. I remember going to my first networking event by myself. Um, and it was through my school's alumni network. I had moved back. I was in New York. I went to school in New York and I moved back home to Philly after. Um, and I had a job. Um, so I wasn't necessarily looking for a job, but I was just kind of figuring out where I fit in the world. And um, I remember there was a, a networking group for my alumni. And I texted a friend of mine, like, I don't really want to go. Like, I'm really nervous. Like, I don't want to go by myself. Like, And she's like, just go, like, it'll be fine. Like, you know, like we already have the mutual connection. Like everyone there is going to have something in common with you. Like, go, just do it. And I remember perfectly. I remember where it was. I remember walking there from my apartment. And like, I met like several people who I'm still in contact with today. So it's been over 10 years because I graduated 10 years ago. Um, And okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's my mom's good genes and her good skin. (laughs) Um, But so we give them credit for that too. Um, But, and hopefully being happy too. I'm trying to take good care of myself. That doesn't hurt also. Go to this event by myself, um, really out of my comfort zone. And just, I met, you know, and I, people I, I met who I don't even remember, but I just remember everyone being very like friendly and warm towards me and having a great time and walking away, being like very proud of myself that I did it and feeling really good. Obviously not knowing that now I do have several people I still talk to who I met that night. Um, but yeah, so, and my dogs are barking in the background. And oh, we can't hear them. them. So if you hear that, just. No, everyone's fine. They're just needy. <laughs> no, no, we, we can't hear them. But um, it's interesting everything you've said, but I'm intrigued how being an introvert and I guess that means being quiet at certain times, you've put yourself in a situation where you, in many ways, represent people and you, you speak for them and you introduce them and your chief strategy officer at Bossable. So how did you become chief strategy officer 
<laughs> and do you think well, I made that, that title up? <laughs> so that's well, how I began. <laughs> okay, you, you you make the title up, but it's a title you use and a title that you've worked that works for you. And what I mean by that is, I could say, you know, I'm an executive producer of a um, a studio, and that's probably not going to work for me because. I don't know how to be an executive producer of a studio. <laughs> so how does it work for you? And why did you feel drawn to be involved and create the title and, and do the work that you do? Your mother has been a big influence on you, you said. And what does she do and what type of company does she have? Sure. So I'm going to tie it a little bit into the introvert thing for just a second, because I think it, it can kind of, flow well with what you're asking um, is, um, you know, as I think of it is I just need time to recharge. So being around a lot of people and a lot of interaction, it's not that I don't enjoy it or can't enjoy it, but I can get very tired. So, you know, if I go to a conference or I'm on, you know, 50, you know, whatever, 10 calls a day back to back, like I'm just drained. So it's not rather that I don't enjoy speaking to others because clearly I do. Um, and I love, especially on a one-on-one, I'm the best one-on-one. That's also kind of an introvert trait rather than, you know, being in groups. Um, so I love being with people one-on-one and working with them individually, um, especially many of my clients I deal directly with, you know, another business owner. So I love that. Um, but as it relates kind of to boss full starting my business, et cetera, is I chose that title because, and especially the word strategy, because my background after school, like I said, I was a psychology major. So I always kind of had like, what makes people tick? And like, what drives them? Like, I've always been very interested in that. That's how I found my way to marketing is like, how do we apply the way that people think to get people to take action, you know, in whatever way that is, is it to read something, to buy something to, you know, participate in something. Um, And so my, some of my first jobs out of school were all at ad agencies where I was in the, the market research role. So that's studying data, figuring out, you know, interviewing people, asking questions, like looking at why people are doing things and what those trends actually are. Um, so that fully informed the way that I run my business now is like there are a lot, a lot of the marketing space is huge. And, you know, the, the marketing business development space is huge by industry. And just there's a lot of pieces that can mean so many things from a podcast, social media to a website to email to, you know, writing articles, it can be all sorts of things. But I really wanted it to be very clear that I don't just do things to do them, I do them for a reason. And I like to figure out why we're doing something and what our goals are, and what's working in the, you know, the atmosphere of wherever you're operating, and then coming up with a strategic plan based on that. So that's why I chose that title and strategies like the word, the buzzword that I use when I'm meeting people or, you know, talking about what I do or, you know, introducing a new client to what I do. And my approach is like, they might come with a list of checklists, you know, I want this, I want this, this is, I'm trying to do a TED talk. I'm trying to launch a pod, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, 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 that's all great. But like, let's zoom back here. Like, what's our, you know, what are you doing in five years? What are you doing in 10? Like, what does your life look like? Like, what do you have the space for? Like what's happening in your industry? And then let's come up with how we're going to do what we're going to do. But I really like to make it very clear. I'm not just the like check the box person. I really like to think about the why. So I don't waste people's time and money. And I also think that's what works the best. 
Excellent. Excellent. And I like the way you said, like, wasting people's time, because obviously time is something we can't put a price tag on, you know, no matter who we are, or what we're doing. An hour in a day is an hour in a day. A week is a week. A month is a month. A year is a year. We cannot get time back. And in terms of your mother's influence in your career, how has that been? Because she's done extremely well. Yes. I mean, I, I have big shoes to fill. Um, and anyone who has met or interacted, I call my mom by her first name. It's kind of like a funny ism that start maybe this is a weird only child thing. So well, I call e- her Even friend. in real life. <laughs> yeah. Got- like not if we're like in the grocery store or something, like I'll be like mom. But if I'm talking to her, like to someone, I call her friend. Um, I don't know. It's just like a habit that I grew into and maybe just because like to get her attention, like she'll always respond to that. And I don't know, she has kind of like a special aura with people. Like they all like, are like, I love Fran. Fran is such, so I don't know. I always just call her Fran. So I'm going to call her Fran now. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, she's a, she's an attorney, as I mentioned, she's an entrepreneur, but I don't think those are, those are pieces of her, but really the biggest piece and the biggest thing that I think people, why people are drawn to her and why I'm so, you know, lucky to have her as a role model is she's an advocate. She advocates for people who have a hard time doing it for themselves or need extra support to get what they rightfully have earned, deserve in whatever way that is. So she found her way through her own experiences dealing with discrimination and bias as a woman in a very male dominated and pretty monochromatic space (laughs) and has now applied that to really helping others do the same. So getting paid what they deserve, you know, getting treated the way that they should be treated, having safe workplaces, you know, being compensated appropriately for their work. So and, and not just that, but also the mentorship. I mean, she's mentored thousands of not just lawyers, of women, people of color, you know, people who LGBT, in the LGBT, any type of diverse, underrepresented person. She has gone out of her way to support them, advise them for free. Um, you know, I mean, the people when I have, I haven't been, because we don't live in the same place anymore, but when we did, and I used to go to work with her as a kid. You know, they had this thing, take your daughter to work day. I don't know if that was also a thing when you were growing up. But I mean, and it's happened ever since from age six onward um, till now, people who approach me and say, are you Fran Grising's daughter? Fran is so wonderful. You know, I remember meeting you when you were a kid. I remember what she did to me, did for me 20 years ago and how that made me feel. I mean, she's someone that, I know for a fact, non-dramatically has changed people's lives. And, you know, I don't want to do it the way she did. I'm not interested in being an attorney. It's just not for me. But I am interested in that, in um, having a career, but I don't want to just say a career, having a life that isn't, I'm not driven by money. Um, It's a necessity that unfortunately we all have to deal with, but I want to feel fulfillment. And I want to feel that I've been given so much and I want to be able to pay it forward. I want to be able to contribute. I want to be able to meet and impact various different types of people because that makes me better at my work. It makes me a better neighbor. It makes me a better partner. It makes me a better friend. So 
she is 100% the inspiration for that. There's that's undeniable. And if your mother wasn't the inspiration, if she was a different type of mother and your (laughs) upbringing was slightly different, what do you think you would be doing now? What type of job? Wow. I mean, that is wild. Maybe I would be a lawyer, which would be horrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, and it's funny because I think she had a very strong response to her parenting. So she had a very challenging mother. Again, she was an immigrant, lots of various factors and traumas that had gone on in, you know, that family history. And she was very adamant about pretty much doing the opposite of the way that she was raised. So it's kind of interesting, you know, I, it's not like, oh, I have this perfect family. Like we all have issues and there's plenty of them in my small family, but, um, you know, I did get very, very lucky in that regard. And that I kind of saw someone who could have, we kind of think about that a lot. Like, do you get to choose like how much of your destiny do you get to choose? Right. Like how much is it ingrained and how much can you have, you know, ownership into creating the life that you want? And I saw how she did that, you know, like she didn't have the best role model of what a parent and mother should be. And so she was like, all right, well, that wasn't what's working. So let's just flip the script and try it this other way. And I guess I just have to hope I I have a very dominant personality. So maybe that's also why you're like introvert. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. I was just about Um, to say that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I, yeah, I know they can be one and the same. It's quite the anomaly over here um quite I'm quite a mix of lots of things but yeah I actually took um a really interesting personality test that I advise if you're interested because obviously we talked about like introversion and stuff it's called the disc assessment there's a bunch of them Mm -hmm. there's tons but um there's the Myers-Briggs that's where um introvert extrovert comes from but there's a ton of them but anyway the disc assessment's a little more like work oriented and like who you work well with what types of conditions like my mom started doing it. I know I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent. No, no, here, go for it. You might think it's interesting. Um, is um, Yeah, so it's called the DISC assessment. And it's actually, it's great. She has every employee she's ever had do it. Um, I might start having my employees do it just because I think it's really informative, both for the person and for the team. Like, how, you know, how do you like to work together? What what What's an environment that makes people successful or not? But there's an element of it. And I'm, I don't remember the exact terminology of it. But um, because, you know, they're usually like one end of the spectrum or another, right? And like where you fall in it. And one of them's kind of like the dominance. Dominance versus like a little more submissive or a little more go with the flow or like can take a back seat. Like they're like the type A, type B sort of person. And I am like so far in the dominant. (laughs) She says I scored the highest on that of anyone she's ever met. Which I was like, well, I I don't know if this is a good Thing. no bullshit but, Emily yeah really yeah that should definitely be that's <laughs> very and that's a very Philly thing too that's also I will give some credit to my city for that people are very blunt okay <laughs> I guess British the Brits are very blunt as well but I think that's probably why we go oh, um uh, yeah it's like yeah. I know you came back from LA which is a very different experience <laughs> in what ways what, what was LA like in that way what, why is that oh, just it's just a little more it's a little less say what you mean um it's kind of the opposite it's like don't like you say what you ever you're thinking is like the opposite of what you say at least that's the stereotype uh, versus okay. like east coast or new york or that sort of the northeast is much more to the point yeah like if someone's mad at you you know in la okay. someone's mad at you you have no idea <laughs> <laughs> all right but anyway 
Um, so this disc assessment, and that was one that I scored very highly on. And then there was another one, again, this is not my scientific analysis this is just what I remember. That's more kind of like the emotional side, you know, there's like sort of like the, the rational and versus the emotional kind of from an empathy standpoint, people who are a little more like, clo- I don't want to say closed off, but maybe a little more like conservative with their emotions and less kind of don't really break those bound ba- more boundary oriented. And then people who like really let people in or they're very like aware of other people's emotions and attuned to them. And I also did very, that was my second highest was that like sort of the, the empathy, like really feeling how other people feel. Mm. So I have this, I've always joked that like, if I didn't have that part, I would be like a total and complete monster (laughs) (laughs) with the dominant side. So you're saying like, if I had a different parent, I'm like, maybe I wouldn't be as empathetic, honestly. You know, maybe I would, and I've definitely at times tried to be wary of, you know, that I can be more type A and more forceful that like, I have to let, like, take a breather and let people, of which, of which. When you've been, um, so kind of like type A, like no empathy. Um, I wouldn't say no empathy, but maybe unforgiving. So I'll give, I, you know what, I'll give an example. Um, yeah, so I had um, a situation with someone I was working with where we were, you know, not seeing eye to eye, not, you know, on the same page with things. And we had sort of a, and this is also, I find when we have exchanges with people digitally, it often can go like really far awry than if like we just talked, you know? So we had kind of a digital email exchange that, I didn't like how it was going and it really, really upset me. Um, And in the past, I think I would have gotten very aggressive and very defensive um, and just like, you know, let's bleep out all the words, like just the screaming, yelling, whatever. Like that was my response. And that's what I would have done in the past when I felt kind of like insulted or attacked by someone. And I didn't like, I really like, you, you asked for an example of when I did do this. I'm sure I've done it many times to so like friends. <laughs> um, but I was trying to think of just how I've tried to implement improving that in my, my work world is like, you know, trying not to take things as personally and also trying not to control everything because you can't. Um, and realizing that like everybody has their own shit going on and, you know, their own way that they're perceiving things. And sometimes you have to like take a breather and take a step back from like what your initial reaction is to something. But with be all like, of that being said, how exactly did you react? Oh, like really in real time? I was furious. I was like cursing mm-hmm. out loud. <laughs> okay. Yeah. To my partner, Four I was really words. angry. <laughs> Four letter words. Um, but I didn't convey that in my correspondence. So everything that we've spoken about and everything that you've done and everything that you are doing right now. Are you happy? Yes. I think I'm, I'm the happiest I've been in my life, which is, it's like something that you always strive for. Um, And I don't say that lightly either. Um, You know, I'm, I'm, I've had many, many, many ups and downs personally through my business, you know, everything in between. So, and I've made a lot of changes, what ups and downs. Mm. Um, I mean, one, 
anyone who's ever dated knows what that's like. So, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, breakups and meeting people and being single and then being the challenges of being in a relationship. Like it's, it's a lot. Um, and as you get older, you know, there's more pressure and there's more just a young whippersnapper like you. What'd you say? <laughs> a young whippersnapper like you. There's no pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's good. It's, it's all, you know, I, I found a very loving partner that, and under very unexpected circumstances, I moved to several different states that I never thought I would ever live. Um, and, you know, taken risks that I was very nervous to take that have become very fruitful for me from moving across the country when I really didn't know anyone. Uh, you know, when I met you and I was living in LA, I was still very new there. Um, so, and now I live out West and I, in a place that I never thought I would be. So um, on a personal level, but also professionally, you know, I've been building my business for six years. Um, and obviously COVID was in the middle of that. And like so many of us, there were so many challenges that came with that, but that definitely really threw a big wrench in my growth plans. In 2020, I feel like I was very like stagnant and depressed for a lot of different yeah, reasons. To hear that. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it just, it kind of halted a lot of my, my progress and things that I had wanted to do both in my work and in my life. Um, I ended up living back home with family. You know, I really felt like I like took a real step back. It happens. Um, yeah. And it happens. And you know what? I'm actually really thankful for it. I wasn't at the time, <laughs> um, but I, that I one had a family that I could do that with. I'm so lucky, but also um, it really put things into perspective of what matters and what's important. But um, yeah, I mean, I I've put in the work, you know, and I think that's Definitely. something that I'm not like, Oh, this just happens. You know, happiness is a given. Not for me. It wasn't. Um, you know, I have, I have a therapist that's wonderful. I have oh. medications that I need. I have friends. I have, you know, I have an infrastructure. I work out, you know, there's things that you have to do to be happy, or at least that yeah. I had to do to be happy. And I've really seen myself slowly do them um, over these past few years. And, and also my business, you know, I've just hired two new people that I'm really excited about. And I have, yeah, yeah. So you know, and that can, that's really hard, you know, growth is super hard in any business, um, from a team perspective, from a client and sales perspective. So I really feel like I'm like, amping up a lot of those things that I wanted to do pre COVID and just really slid down. So it's taken me kind of like 2021 and 2022 to like, get over my what was me. And like, that sucked and living with regret. And instead being like, what can I do now? What does the world need now? What do I want to do now? Who do I want to serve? You know? So yes, I really, it was a very hard week because like I said, I'm trying to go on vacation and that's really hard to do when you run a business. I really would like to hear from more of them, how they do it without guilt and like actually being able to unplug because that's just something I deal with. But Aside from that, I have taken very concrete steps in like my mental health and my physical health and having people around me to support me and guide me to build the happy life that I wanted, that I envisioned for myself at times that I was not happy. 
So I am proud of that. And you should be proud of that. You really should be considering all that you've done and all the things that you've, all the places that you've been, sorry. So you're an, an example of someone who works out and you also have a therapist. So what does happiness look like to you? Yeah. So I had a like internal dialogue with myself about this several years ago. Um, I'm, I'm really into yoga. So I've been practicing yoga for like 15 years. Like I'm certified to teach yoga. It's just like one of my main hobbies and it through that and just through the people I've met through that friends, I've made some very good friends through that as well. But, um, is a lot of sort of the, the way that you look at the world, you know, like perspective and the things that we're taught, you know, in the business world and, you know, our very developed fast paced technology driven cultures is like not necessarily healthy or natural. And one of those takeaways that I've come with is like, it's not about being happy as much as it's about being content. Um, so I'm less like, I have to be in the best mood all the time. Well, one, I have mood stabilizers, so that's not exactly how that works, but also just like feeling at peace. Like we are so driven by like, I have to have the next amazing experience and I have to like go to this concert and travel. And it's like this series of highs that our culture kind of pushes on us because it's so draining everything else is so draining that I've tried to less be focused on like, Oh my God, when's the last am- next amazing thing I'm going to do. And is that going to make me happy? And like, is my day to day? Am I, do I feel good? You know, do I feel good in my body? Do I feel good in my mind? Like, am I around people and things that make me feel good that add versus drain? So I, I don't, I guess I, I'm not as focused on like, Oh my God, I have to be joyous and, you know, euphoric all the time, but do I feel content? And I think that's like what I've been striving for. And I think I, for the most part have that, like, and that's what you want. You can't have it. I'm don't have the personality to have it every single day, Yeah, but I want to have it. Being real. Yeah. I want to have it most days. Yeah. You can't have it every day. Most days. Yeah. Yeah. Shit happens, you know, and we feel weird and we have bad days and, that's no one. That's, I feel like you should never feel bad about that. That's inevitable and that's being human. Um, but there's always tomorrow. Go to like, and also like very key things that have changed my life is like, make sure you get a proper, adequate like amount of sleep. Like, sleep eight hours a night. You're not doing that right now. I see. <laughs> I wanted to say, I'm going to say, I agree with everything you said, but that. <laughs> I should probably not rated that part. Yeah, I'm just I mean, not everyone gonna... has their own different yeah. sleep, but like sleep, seriously, like eat, drink water, like yeah. basics, like go on a walk, get outside, oh, I love that. like yeah, like simple. It's like the simple, like listen to some music, like oh yes, go like have coffee with a friend or you know, like it's the little things. The little things make all the difference in my world, at least. Like it's not the huge. Oh, I have to quit this and stop doing that and drastic, drastic changes. It's a little small things that you do and start to make in your life that can like just make a world of difference. Brick by brick, bit by yes. brick by brick. Yeah, that's it. That's all we can do. Like, don't, I think there's so much pressure to do more and be more successful and be, you know, like 
you know, like you said, physically fit, mentally fit, like make money, like have a good relationship. Like yeah. it's just, it's too much. And just getting down to just like, did I eat? Did I drink water? Did I take a break? Did I, which I don't follow these all the time. I'm, I'm, no, I'm none of us. I'm going to eat after eat. this, I, but um, you know, all you can do is like try to try to work on it. And I found that little by little brick by brick, like you said, I have seen drastic change in my life that I never thought I would ever see. I'm so happy to hear that because you deserve thank the you. drastic change and oh, thank you. success you desire. Um, I know that. I think, I think everyone does. Almost everyone. Some people. Yeah, bad, almost I mean. every. You're right. Some people you're are right. really bad and horrible. They don't deserve no, Yeah, no, no, you're, <laughs> you're right. And we don't wish good things for them. But yeah. most people, regular people who, you know, just are trying to, you know, have a good life, have friends, have a family, be healthy. Like we all deserve, deserve it. that. And those other people, no, no, you're right. Not at we all. don't give them th- those exceptions. No. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein doesn't deserve it. A hundred percent. No, no, no. You, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you can tell from the rest of this interview. I probably have strong feelings about that. <laughs> I could imagine. I could, um, I can imagine, not could. Sorry. Emily, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it and everything that you said. And I really hope you have a good vacation in Florida with family Thank and you, you enjoy yourself and you, you grab a beer or a wine or whatever tickles your fancy. And you I definitely will. Yes. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I'm glad I got to ca- catch up with you in this way. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please do hit the subscribe button, leave a comment, share it with friends or give us a five star rating. We'd really appreciate it. And join us next week for another fabulous guest.